Welcome to the Take Uncommon Action Podcast. I am your host, Brady Oakey from Brady Oak Fitness, founder of Tua, a training brand and fitness community focused on standing out from the crowd and taking action in our daily lives. Roll the intro. What's up, you guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Tua Cast. Brady here, your host, ready to get down with an awesome episode I have for you guys today. Uh, this is actually very relevant right now because the Summer Shredding Classic is coming up in June, which means that I have competitors this week that have officially started their preps, and I have more athletes starting in the coming weeks. So this episode is my advice to someone who is starting their prep. Um, obviously, you know, this is going to be very relevant because my athlete's starting, but just for anyone else who's out there who is thinking about starting a prep or maybe is starting their prep pretty soon, this is an episode for you. I got some really, really good advice that I've learned not only from my own experience from going through preps, but also coaching dozens of people on their own preps as well. So I do think this is going to be a value-packed episode for you guys, and I'm excited to get into it. This is something I'm quite passionate about. So uh, yeah, it's going to be a good one. I do want to give you guys a quick little update. I have a, uh, a couple points to mention real quick, just kind of update you guys on what's going on and also uh, a launch that we have coming up. So first of all, just got back from a cruise with Maddie. Her and I went on a just a short little five-day cruise from um, Long Beach, California to Cabo. It was so nice, guys. It was very, very nice. We specifically did not purchase any sort of internet package or anything like that. Uh, this is the first time in literally uh, five years since I've been coaching people online that I have not had access to the internet or social media or whatever it was. And yeah, we did it on purpose because we really just needed a time to reload, uh, refresh ourselves, recharge our batteries, and then get back to it. But it was a very nice time. It was it was crazy <laughs> not having social media for that long and very refreshing. I know five days isn't actually that long, but for us, that was an eternity. Uh, I did miss my clients quite a bit, so I'm, I'm glad to be back home and you know updated with how everyone is doing. But it was really nice. If, if you're on the edge of you know maybe taking a break from social media, I do think it's worth it. Not that my social media is a toxic place by any means. I've actually, I think I've done a good job of making my personal Instagram account or whatever, like a pretty positive place, a place that I can go and, you know, receive inspiration from motivation, things like that. Um, not really a lot of toxic people I follow. I, I try to stay away from that, but even then it's just nice to not feel like you're having to keep up with everything. I think that's the big takeaway that I learned. Um, having, having to get to step back and not worry about what everyone else is doing or whether I'm posting or whether I'm keeping up with everything. That was very, very refreshing and it just felt very present. So anyway, um, we are back to business now, working hard, getting back at it. I, <laughs> I, I got hit, uh, by a truck when I got home, not literally, but <laughs> just with my workflow and everything that I have to do right now. Um, man, it, it's crazy. You know, whenever, if I ever seem like I'm complaining about, you know, my position as a business owner, I promise you I'm not necessarily complaining. <laughs> it might kind of come across like that, but I, I do take it very seriously. You know, the gratitude that I have for my life position and what I get to do because I am doing what I'm very passionate about doing. But with business ownership comes so much other stuff that you don't necessarily 
sign up for in the beginning. Um, so I'm never necessarily, you know, complaining about coaching people or my clients. I have nothing negative to say about them. That's what I love to do. That's my passion. But it's just all the other stuff. Like without going into too much detail, yesterday was such a stressful day because I, you know, you spend all this time problem solving and the finally solve the problem and you think it's all good just to find out you know months later that the problem is now deeper than ever before and you have to come up with a complete new plan and that's the frustrating part uh, also having to rely on other people that might not um, have your interest in mind or, or the same mindset that you have that can be frustrating whether it's manufacturers or whatever maybe it's it's all just all this stuff but we're gonna get through it we're staying positive you know maddie yesterday she's like hey uh, you're kind of being negative right now. So change your mindset. And I was like, you know what? You're right. So on to some more <laughs> positive thinking. And uh, with that, we do have a launch coming up in, well, from the time I'm, I'm recording this nine days, but February 18th, I can promise you this podcast will be up before then giving you plenty of time to get ready for the launch. Uh, it's, a, it's a bit of a smaller launch, but still some really great items that I know you're going to love. For one, we're launching the Tua trucker hat, that all black trucker hat that I've been wearing pretty much every single day. If you follow me on Instagram, you can go check it out there. I'm literally, I always have it on. It is my favorite hat by far, super high quality, just nice and clean, minimal. You're going to love it. And then we're also launching the white on white crew neck. So we just launched the black on black crew necks uh, a couple months ago. Everyone loved them. And so by popular demand, we decided to switch up the color, go with the white on white. It is super clean. Absolutely great. It is kind of like a medium, um, medium thickness crew neck. So I think it's perfect for upcoming spring. It's not super thick where you're going to like die of heat exhaustion if you use it as your pump cover in the gym, but it's also not thin like a long sleeve. So it is that perfect medium and it is clean, man. White on white. You're going to love it. So that's February 18th. Um, that is pretty much all the business I had for you guys before we get down to it here. So let's get on topic here. My advice to someone starting prep, I was going to number it and say like, you know, like, oh, my six tips or whatever. But to be honest, I'm probably just going to end up thinking up a bunch of other tips along the way. So you might get some bonus tips here, but all good stuff. And really, guys, my priority for my athletes, my clients is to not only, you know, not only get them looking their absolute best on stage, but I want to transform them from the inside out. I want their mindsets to become, you know, 10 out of 10 new beings, stronger than ever before, smarter, um, just more resilient than ever before. So when I'm talking about these topics, keep in mind this, this is, you know, partially physical, but very, very mental. If you are newer to the bodybuilding game, this is a sport of, of mental fortitude. Okay. Um, you're going to have to do things that are uncomfortable. This is probably one of the most uncomfortable sports you will ever attempt to do. But because of that, it is also one of the most rewarding sports that you'll ever get to do. So without further ado, let's do this thing. Um, starting with number one, this is the topic, I, or I guess the tip that I tell all of my athletes right at the beginning. And it's to not put the beginning of prep on a pedestal. So what I mean by that, I think you know, just the culture of bodybuilding. We know that prep is this hard thing, right? It's, it's going to be very challenging. It's difficult, all these things. Uh, I think what we get mixed up on though, is that it's not hard at the beginning. The beginning of prep is actually super easy. You're not starving yourself that much. You're not doing that much cardio. It's not a big deal. 
But I see what happens sometimes is people think, okay, prep started. That means I'm starving now. That means my life sucks now. That means that life is just the worst thing ever now. And that's not true. So I think it's important to not put it on a pedestal. Yes, you just started prep, but bro, it's not even going to be hard for like 12 to 15 more weeks. <laughs> Once you're, you know, maybe three, four, five, six weeks out, then you can start saying that it's harder because it probably is at that point. But when you're 16, 17, 20 weeks out, it's not hard. Uh, and if you think it's hard now, well, you're in for it. <laughs> so that's number one. Don't put it on a pedestal. Just, just um, kind of show up. You know, I, I tell my guys like, yes, hit your macros. Obviously, you know, I believe in perfection. Hit your macros perfectly. Do your cardio. Do all that great stuff. But don't overthink it, man. Just, just live your normal life. Live as as normal of a life as possible, and don't let it, um, don't let it get to your head that it's hard because honestly, it's not hard yet. So, that's a big one, and uh, it it kind of is related to number two, which is attitude is everything. Now, I do not want to see any eye rolls when I, when I say that, but, um, attitude is powerful. I'm going to give you a quick story. So this was my second diet ever back in 2018. It was not a prep. Although I will say I, I was doing a 13 week, uh, diet and I was very strict on my macros. I, I did not cheat at all. I pushed it very hard. I was doing, you know, 45 minute cardio sessions on the Stairmaster. Doing, I was doing all that stuff. So it, it is quite relatable to a prep in that sense. But I had this, um, this time when I dropped my calories to about 2000 and that was pretty much the lowest calories I'd ever been at systematically during a, a diet phase before. And because of that, I kind of spooked myself. I kind of thought that because I was on the lowest calories I'd ever been at before, I thus must be suffering. You know, it, it has to be super hard, right? Because that's the lowest calories I've ever been on. I am, I am now starving myself. And that was my attitude. And I remember for a couple weeks, I, I was just laying on the couch all day long. I couldn't get up. I, I was like, in my head, I thought that it was super hard. And I was totally milking it without even realizing it. It wasn't until the following year or two years when I was, you know, properly on a prep when my calories were at, you know, 1,500, 1,400, 1,300, 1,200, you know, we're talking five to 800 calories less than what I was on in that 2018 uh, story I was just mentioning. And I... <laughs> I looked back and I realized, wow, I was milking it. It wasn't actually as hard as I thought it was. I just had a very bad attitude. And fast forward, just for the record, I've now been able to get to that 1500 calorie mark doing an hour cardio a day and still mentally just have a better attitude than a few years ago when I was at 2000 calories doing 45 minutes of cardio. So attitude is powerful. Don't you dare for a second limit yourself with a negative attitude. If you start thinking you're hungry and starving and can't move, that's that's going to be your reality. When in fact, you can go a lot harder and and not <laughs> not be dying, you know, basically. That's what I'm trying to say. So keep that in mind. I you know, when I say attitude is everything, I think that's so easy to just overlook, but seriously, do not overlook that one. Have a good attitude for as long as possible. And that also kind of feeds into number three, which is quit complaining. 
you do not have to do this. I think that's one thing that um, when, when I start to have a competitor who all they all they can think about is food. All they want to do is go crazy after the show, which we're going to get there in a second. That's a big no-no. But once they start really just constantly thinking about food, complaining that they're hungry all the time, all this stuff, I'm like, dude, you don't have to do this. <laughs> you do not have to starve yourself for five months just so you can have a regular meal that you've been able to have literally your entire life. You are going to be okay. You are you are not a starving kid in, on the other side of the world in a third world country. You have a surplus of food everywhere. You can quit at any time. You are not truly, truly suffering. You can quit at any time. No one is making you do this. You get to do this. That's what I want to stress the most is you are choosing to do this. You get to do this. This is going to be fun in a, in a weird way, <laughs> but quit the complaining, man. It's not going to help you out at all. Um, something super important too is actually this next one, number four, and that is food does not equal happiness. This is a lesson I've had to learn for myself and I've seen it in many of my other athletes as well. But what happens when you're deprived from food, you basically, you get into this discomfort. Um, you, you have maybe higher anxiety. You just constantly feel hungry and, and you, you start to think that food is the way out. That um, if, if you could just have food, then all your problems are going to be cured. And I want to make a promise to you that this is not true. To my athletes who have given in and cheated on their preps and had the meal, I typically ask them, are you happier now? And the typical answer is, well, no, I actually feel worse than before. So then I'm able to help them understand that, okay, I know you thought that you really wanted food. You thought that that was going to be the cure to all your issues. But let's look at it. You cheated. You ate a lot. You ate exactly what you wanted to eat. But you're not happier now. You're actually more miserable because you cheated on your goals. So we need to understand that happiness is is a deep concept. It has, it has a lot more to do than just something so temporary um, as, as having a cheat meal. Happiness comes from fulfillment, and nothing nothing like food can make you feel fulfilled. But sticking to your goals is a great way to feel fulfillment. And so I want to promise you that food does not equal happiness, but sticking to your goals does equal happiness. And actually, a quick little story I could share. Uh, so Maddie and I, before we started our preps back in uh, 2021, early 2021, around, around March, I want to say, we were out of town in California, just on vacation, um, basically our last hurrah before prep started. And we started to go to, to BJ's, the restaurant. And at BJ's, the restaurant, they have a thing called a pazuki, which is basically just these cookies. They're delicious and they're covered in ice cream and they're so good. But we started eating pazukis every single night <laughs> and uh, they were awesome. So on prep, admittedly, I, you know, all right, I'm, I don't want to throw Maddie under the bus, but I do a pretty good job of not thinking about food on prep. I just let it go and get over it. But I also have more experience prepping than Maddie does. Maddie really wanted Pazuki the entire, you know, 20 weeks of prep. And after our first show, we, we had about a day and a half to, you know, celebrate. And, uh, we actually went out to dinner with all of our teammates and stuff. Uh, and we got a Pazuki at BJ's and this is the moment guys. We're like, all right, we have wanted a Pazuki for five months. This is going to be amazing, right? This is going to make us so happy. And so we had a pizuki. Uh We did not finish it. <laughs> we had about maybe half of it, and then we felt sick, and then that was that. And then we, you know, did our second show three weeks later, all that good stuff. 
and now it has been seven, seven months, eight months since that show, you would think now, right? We've probably had a lot of pizookies because that's, that's what we wanted. That's that, that one craving that we just wanted so bad were those pizookies. We have had zero pizookies in the past eight months. We, we could have had a lot of pizookies in that eight months, but we have had none because we got over it. Um, it's hard to explain, but when you're hungry, you just don't think straight and you start to think things are better than they really are. Um, your memory of food becomes like this almost lustful experience. It's disgusting. But as soon as you get your head back on straight after prep, you realize that food is not a big deal. It's just that thing that has been in your life since forever and it's not going anywhere <laughs> and you always have a surplus of it. So uh, don't crave the pizookie 20 weeks and ruin your prep because after your prep, you're going to have a pizookie and it's not going to be that good. All right, next one up, which is quite related to this one. Again, number five is do not let yourself think about post-show food. This is a big one, guys, because um, unfortunately, it is a big negative culture in the bodybuilding world to uh, do some weird things, man. You'll see guys posting on Instagram all the food that they want after their shows. You'll you'll see guys creating uh, cravings lists of, of food that they're going to eat after the show. They literally plan out like, okay, I'm going to eat one entire box of Oreos and all this stupid stuff. Don't be that guy. Uh, from experience, again, personal and experience just coaching other guys, the people who lust after food their entire prep, the people who post on Instagram pictures of giant gross desserts, the people who create lists of food that they miss or who watch the food channel or who watch food videos on YouTube on prep, all of those guys are the guys that have major issues after the show. They gain a lot of weight. They feel miserable about themselves, physically, mentally, everything. A lot of them go into deep depressions, um, have extreme body dysmorphia. All of these issues can be tied back to your mental uh, attitude towards food on prep. So what we do with Team 2 with my guys, we don't do that. We don't talk about it. We don't talk about what restaurants we're going to go to after the show. We don't... We don't make food plans like that. We just stay focused on the goal, which is to step on stage and do as best as possible. Um, I really want to stress this one a lot, guys. Don't be that guy. I'm telling you, it's not going to help you in the long run, and it's going to make you miserable. So don't do that. Uh, if you subconsciously commit to getting fat post-show, this will cause a lot of issues. Uh, and, you know, not to turn this into an entire episode of post-show because I actually have a podcast episode about post-show. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't want to go too much into details. But you do want to gain weight post-show. And you do want to gain fat post-show. But you don't want to get fat post-show because that's not healthy, especially right after a show like this. So, anyway, moving on. The next one, this one's important to remember. And it has to do with how subjective the sport of bodybuilding is. But... Basically, you want to work to win, but don't let winning define your success. Um, this is crucial for your happiness, to be honest. You know, I tell my guys, have that winning mindset, that winning attitude, plan on winning, train to win, think about winning. But if you only let your happiness and your success of your prep be defined by how you place in the show, you might, uh, you might get a rude wake-up call because this is a very subjective sport. What that means is that you could look the best on the stage and not win. I'm going to explain that a little bit more, but because it is judged, you have five judges, 
it's a very tough sport. It's not like powerlifting where whoever, you know, has the highest total wins because you lifted the most weight. There's not much subjectivity there. Um, this is a very subjective sport. It is up to the judges. You don't know what they're looking for or, or why they pick some other guy to win instead of you. You might have bigger shoulders, bigger chest, smaller waist, better arms, but for whatever reason, they, they chose the other guy to win instead of you. It can be like that. You have to accept it going into the sport that this is a subjective sport. That's how it is. You also don't know who is showing up. You could win your show, but maybe maybe you just went up against a bunch of chumps. You could get you know sixth place, but maybe the guys ahead of you were absolute freaks that go and get their pro card the next shows. You know you don't you don't know that. You don't know who's going to show up. You don't know what the judges are going to like and what they don't like. You don't know. Um, <laughs> yeah, I could go even further. You don't know how good your tan is going to look, or there's just a million different things that so you cannot define your success. Uh, by how you place. Now, to replace that though, what you can define your success as uh, on your prep is if you stuck to the plan. So if you are my client or my athlete and you're listening to this, your success is determined by how well you can follow the plan. The plan will make you look your best on stage and that's all we can ask for. Um, If you're competing in multiple shows, then all we can ask for is an improvement from show to show. We never want to look the same from show to show, we always want to improve and look better. Maybe that means getting leaner, getting tighter, getting bigger, posing better, whatever it may be. There's all these variables that we can control, but we can't control the judges. Hey guys, I quickly wanted to remind you about a premium online coaching service available on our website at takeuncommonaction.com. Stand out from the crowd and achieve your fitness goals by joining the team. Now back to the podcast. And, uh, you know, I don't want to go too far into this too, but there could be as well as a political aspect to it as well. You know, I've, I've literally been to shows where the person who wins the overall happens to be coached by the head judge. So that sucks, but <laughs> that's the sport. Uh, we can't change it. That's just how it is. So we got to get over it basically. All right. Lastly, um, eventually you will come to a time when you have that fight or flight moment. Uh, we talk about that in psychology, fight or flight. If you corner an animal in a room, they will either fight or try to run away. And that happens too when humans are met with extreme uh, stress. And a prep can be extremely stressful. Again, that does not mean week one, you are on a fight or flight, like insane life or death situation. That's not what this is about. This does mean though, maybe that last few weeks when things are getting really tough, you're going to be faced with that flight or fight moment, are you going to cheat on your diet? Are you going to start eating more? Are you going to skip your cardio? Or are you going to fight? Are you going to keep hitting your macros perfectly? Because that's what you signed up for. Are you going to do your cardio even though it sucks, even though it's the last thing you want to do? Are you going to get on that treadmill or that Stairmaster and knock out that 45, 60, 75, 90 minutes of cardio because that's what you signed up for? I just want you to be prepared for that. And to be honest, I want you to take it pretty personal. This is what I do because I I like to use myself as an example because to be quite honest, I don't think a lot of people or almost anyone will ever have to go through preps as hard as mine. Um, That might sound a bit (laughs) egocentric or narcissistic or something, but it's just kind of the truth. Um, I've talked to my coach, Cliff Wilson, who... At this point, he's coached roughly around 150 athletes to their pro cards. He's At this point, he's coached literally thousands, class winners, pros, all that. He's a very, very good coach. He's been coaching for over a decade. 
And this last prep of mine, he informed me that he has never in his career had to lower a male's calories as low as he has mine, um, along with the cardio and everything like that. So for example, on my prep, uh, the last few weeks, I was at 1300 calories. I was following a very strict meal plan that involved uh, chicken, broccoli, sweet potatoes, and one protein shake a day. And I was doing 90 minutes of moderate intensity steady state cardio. So not low intensity steady state cardio, which is what we mostly do on a prep where you're just walking on an incline treadmill. I was at moderate intensity. So I had to run, um, I'd do Stairmaster, elliptical, I'd do something to increase my heart rate a little bit more. Um, and I was splitting it into two sessions. So I'd essentially wake up and then run 45 minutes and then uh, have my tiny little breakfast of like 300 calories go train. Um, at the end of my lifting session, I would do another 45 minute run or 45 minute Stairmaster or something like that. And this was all after dieting for 20 plus weeks, um, 1300 calories. I think I was at 40 grams of carbs that came from literally a little bit of sweet potato and then mostly, mostly broccoli. No one will, I shouldn't say no one, but there is a 99.9% chance that you will never have to dig this hard. Um, I want to say to you that I've done this. I'm telling you that I've done this before because I don't want you for a second to think that I haven't had it hard or that I'm not willing to go very, very far in order to get the job done or also that I'm I'm ever going to tell a client of mine to do something that I'm not willing to do. So just for the record, <laughs> that's what I've done successfully and I never cheated at all. Uh, to be honest, it wasn't even even a thought in my head to cheat but we'll get there in a second. I just wanna get across that you will reach that point where it does get a little bit hard. Maybe it's almost as hard as I had to go through, maybe it's not even that hard to be honest, but at some point you will have to face yourself. You'll have to look yourself in the mirror and decide, am I going to cheat? Am I going to flight, run away, or am I gonna fight? Uh, just be ready for that moment. I choose to take it personal. I cannot live with the idea of cheating and then having to look myself in the mirror and and, just the thoughts that go through my head, I, I would look at myself in such shame and disappointment to think, you know, I'm, I'm supposed to be uncommon. I'm supposed to lead this team. I'm supposed to be this big deal. I'm supposed to accomplish all these goals that I have in my life. And I just cheated. I, I, I can't let that happen. Um, I take that very personal. So when it comes to fight or flight, my decision is made up well before I show up uh, on that day one of prep. I don't care how hard it's going to get. I know what I'm going to do, which does lead into my last tip, which is to be willing to do anything it takes. Otherwise, why are you doing this? If your mindset is, oh, you know, I'll work really hard unless my calories go beyond, you know, 1800 and then, and then we'll see, or I'm going to give it my all unless I get really hungry on a Saturday night and then I'll go and cheat. That can't be an option. I, I want to go back to when I had it <laughs> pretty hard, which again, I'm not complaining. I would, I would do it again in a heartbeat. But when I was at 1,300 calories, um, doing 90 minutes of moderate intensity, steady state cardio every single day, I had this moment. I, I reflected on it. I remember it pretty clearly when I had to ask myself if I'm actually willing to do this, if I'm going to do this. And this was not a hard decision to make, um, but I, I do remember that decision process coming to my mind. And... I remember 
really thinking about it and realizing that, yeah, I literally will do anything right now. I want you to listen closely because I mean what I say. My coach could have texted me and said, hey, we're just going to stop eating completely. We're just going to give you zero calories a day for the next few days. And um, you're, you're still going to have to do the cardio and everything, but we're just going to stop eating. I literally would have been like, all right, let's do it. There was nothing I would not have done. And it's not easy to get that to that point in your brain when you realize how powerful you truly are over your body. It's not easy. Um, but on a prep, you might get to that point where you realize, no, I'm good, man. I would do anything. There's nothing I would do to, to quit on this goal right, right now. Um, I, I felt very powerful in that moment, which is funny because at the same time, I was basically dead, just sitting on a couch with no energy. <laughs> um, but it's, it's very empowering to reach that point. And I hope that everyone does reach that point, not necessarily with physically having to push it that hard, but just mentally getting to the point where you realize, bro, <laughs> I I'm on God mode right now and there's nothing I wouldn't do. I could do anything right now. Like I would literally stop eating completely if I had to. Uh, I think it kind of reminds me of the Navy SEALs during hell week, which is when most of the, um, of the people who are trying to become Navy SEALs, that's when most of them end up quitting because it's so difficult. So I think hell week is about five days long and they basically just sleep deprive them. Um, they put them through insane amount of, of physical training and they just try to beat them up basically and, and get the weak ones to quit. And there's two types of people that go into it. There's the type of person that says, okay, I'm going to give them my all, but in the back of their heads, they know if it gets really hard, they're quitting um, because they ask themselves, why am I here? Why am I doing this? And they don't have an answer for it and they leave. Then you have someone else, the person who says, I don't, I don't give a crap what they tell me to do. I'm just going to keep going. Um, so quitting for them isn't even an option and that's why they make it through. That's why they become Navy SEALs and make it to the, you know, elite level of, uh, the U S military is because they're the people that quitting is not an option. And that kind of goes into a little bit of a bonus, but if you're starting your prep, you need to not have an option of cheating every day you wake up and the people who cheat, they wake up and in the morning they go, okay. I'm on prep right now. Am I going to hit my macros today or not? It has, they, they have an option in their heads of either doing the work or not. And those are the people that once it gets hard, they're going to cheat. Then you have the people that they wake up. They don't have that option in their head. They are going to hit their macros. They are going to do their cardio, hit their workouts, all that stuff, because it's not an option to not. They have one option, and that is to follow and stick to the plan. That's how you're going to succeed on your prep. So to my, my personal athletes out there, perfection is the standard. Perfection is a reality in prep. You might not win the show, but you will win the prep. Um, have that mindset now. It does not matter how hard it gets. Perfection is the standard. It does not matter if you are hungry. Stick to it anyway. That's how I'm going to close this. Guys, thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you did enjoy this episode, make sure to send me a message on Instagram at Brady Oak Fitness and let me know uh, if you have any other suggestions or any other episode ideas. Uh, let me know too over Instagram. And if you're not following the team page at Take Uncommon Action 
uh, on Instagram. Make sure to follow that page as well. But thank you again for listening. Give this podcast a five-star review on whichever platform you are listening to. And uh, we will see you in the next episode. Peace out.